0: Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Jen Schiphol.
1: And that is Steve Jones.
0: And Yens, today on the program, we have a fun one. We're going overseas for the first of the next two episodes. Uh, and uh, we have a uh, singer-songwriter
1: named John Smith from the UK. All right, so we're hopping over the pond here for this interview, right?
0: We are, we are. And uh, and so John uh, was in his home in the UK. Uh, he's in between tours. He just did a tour on the uh, east coast of the US, uh, went back home for a little bit, and he's coming back to uh, to the west coast and actually going to be in San Francisco this uh, this Sunday. So, um, so you can check him out uh, if you wanna see John Smith, uh, but you'll also be able to check and uh, do a couple of songs here on Concert Pipeline, he performed a couple of uh, songs for us, so.
1: All right, well, that's always a nice treat. Thank you very much, John.
0: Of course, of course. It's always good to bring the live music uh, on the program. Right. And uh, and uh, yeah, we have an opportunity to do that today. So we'll get to John here in just a few. Really fun chat. Um, before we do, a couple of things we need to talk about, Jens.
1: Yeah, we gotta do some catching up here. Um, I could probably come up with a couple of things that you know I could talk about, but there's been some major events and some travel uh, that's been going on with you lately. So please share what's happening.
0: Yes, Uh, so uh, let's start with the travel a little bit. Um, And and we can use the term travel loosely, right? Because when you travel, it's either like by airplane or boat or rocket ship or something Mm -hmm. along those lines. You know, I haven't
1: done the rocket ship yet
0: <laughs> something to aspire to and i'm sure it's on the on the docket somewhere so <laughs>
1: but
0: but you that, that's how you travel but this traveling for me involves driving hundreds of miles <laughs> <laughs> well
1: that's a long trek yeah so, so you hopped in a good old car and headed south
0: i did i did i went down to la for the weekend to visit my buddy john who moved down there last year and uh, and I told him I was like, look, I'll, I'll come down the first weekend that I don't have kids after duck hunting season is over, right? And mm-hmm. uh, uh, and so uh, yeah, I d- I did that, but w- coincidentally, that was the same weekend as Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, yeah. Uh, and super and I didn't realize until much late in this, you know, it was already planned and everything uh, com- completely. When I realized, oh, okay, the Super Bowl is going to be in LA the same weekend. Oh. And the Rams are playing at home. I'm like, it's going to be nuts. I'm barely going to get into into uh, L. A. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not even going to work. To start out. the
1: story with the traffic. Like, how was the traffic as soon as you started approaching L. A.?
0: It was pretty much non-existent. You you turned your video off. There you go. What? Uh, Sorry, I had a, okay. I had a malfunction. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> What is your major malfunction? Um, <laughs> yes, it was it was it was pretty much non-existent. Uh, I'll tell you, I got most of the way in normal LA traffic, you know, uh, when I got there, so it was nothing crazy at all. Uh, so that's I, amazing.
1: Uh, so you weren't gridlocked for you know four or five hours just to get John's place?
0: No, no. I mean, I didn't. I stopped uh, five hours in to get gas because I had right. less than thirty miles left on my tank. And um and yeah, I was on the other side of the grapevine. And then I, you know, had what 40 minutes left on top of that getting into, into LA. And you know, and part of the delay even getting into LA was something I just I had to pull over because uh I was I was driving past the Hollywood Bowl, right? Legendary places mm-hmm. to see concerts. I've never been, but uh, but something caught my attention. And, uh, and I was like, okay, I must stop, right? And I didn't do it for myself. I did it for my son. Uh, because, yeah, and, uh, There, I, I saw something at, uh, at the Hollywood Bowl. And I'm going to show you uh, what I saw. It, uh I saw... The
1: suspense is killing me, man. You saw the freaking Ghostbusters mobile.
0: I saw the, the Ecto one. Yes. Uh, and, and Addy is oh obsessed. Oh, my God. Look at that thing. It's it's awesome. It's awesome, right? <laughs> and, that thing looks uh, just
1: about showroom perfect.
0: Yeah, there were a bunch of other uh sharp cars as you can see, uh, but I wasn't interested in any of them. I was interested in the Ecto one. I had to take pictures and I uh, had to call Atticus up and uh you know and show up the pictures immediately, right?
1: Uh was
0: amazing. Went all around it, went all uh, went up to it, looked in the windows and everything, didn't touch it, didn't touch it, don't want to get <laughs> didn't want to get marked at or anything, but uh, but right. was so stoked and and Atticus was like Are, "Is it, do you think it'll be there when we go down to LA because we're going down in, <laughs> again in two weeks because I'm like hey why well, do this just once let's do it twice right oh, right so I'm gonna drive down with the kids um and, and I figure while I'm on the road you know uh, maybe I'll have an incentive to keep them entertained and say uh and for every trucker that they can get to honk at the you know doing one of these mm-hmm. they'll get a do- they'll, yeah they'll get a dollar so they'll get competitive and everything
1: <laughs> oh my god they're gonna you're gonna get your wow you're gonna lose a lot of money there that's gonna be know. like some serious allowance
0: do truckers still do that i don't know i haven't probably unless yeah. they're
1: all up in canada protesting
0: <laughs> could it could be could be? My dad was worried about that in LA for me too, like because he thought that would be a thing. But no, and yeah. and I'll tell you to close out the LA piece of my story ends. Uh, mm-hmm. I was expecting to, you know, again a lot of hoopla around the Super Bowl. I saw two fans wearing Rams gear the whole weekend. That was it. Oh, three if you count uh, the hot dog at Pink's.
1: Wow, I was expecting a lot more. <laughs> blue and yellow or whatever our colors are <laughs> yeah exactly yeah uh
0: and <laughs> there were there were a couple more uh you know cleveland fans that uh, that we saw over the course of the weekend um mm. but but i don't know maybe it was just a part of la where we were but there i did not see many people decked out in any mm. gear for the super bowl it did not really affect our weekend at all
1: in any capacity right. Hmm. Well, I got a couple questions, um, uh, you know, regarding the picture that you shared. One, I noticed nobody was behind the wheel of the uh, Ghostbusters mobile. Uh, did you? Was there like a Dan Aykroyd sighting or any of the cast?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Just said it. Uh, he's like, I go where this goes. I guess uh, yeah. <laughs> they brought me back in the in the in the sequel, you know. So um, right. <laughs> yeah yeah no what about no, uh
1: so, so there's a there was a car right next to it um uh-huh. a pink cadillac i think it was sure Don't suppose that was prince's car just you know <laughs> it it's, sort of um, drives it around red corvette isn't there like a pink cadillac do 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 i don't know what's now i know
0: i know uh he, he uh, has he does a red, little
1: red corvette but uh,
0: i thought there was like a pink cadillac in this, one of his oh songs. is he just sing about different types of cars or something
1: uh, i don't know but now you got me confused uh since you mentioned um little red corvette uh, pink uh, cat,
0: uh now we gotta look uh, it up uh that's bruce springsteen sir what uh-huh how does it go I don't know, pink Cadillac or something. Uh, in full lyric, um I know what you're talking about. Um, uh, I love you for your pink Cadillac, crushed velvet seats, riding in the back, cruising down the street, waving to the girls, feeling out of sight, spending all my money on a Saturday night. Um, or uh, blah blah blah. Yeah. So okay. No uh no prints okay
1: no never mind so let me ask you did you see bruce springsteen
0: <laughs> did not see, bruce <laughs> <anything>. <laughs> did not see any of there were no star sightings except the ones on the hollywood walk of fame which i jogged to uh because of course i, I had to get my exercise in uh so i jogged over to the hollywood walk of fame and you know saw some star you know some of the stars and everything
1: that so. is um that is uh that's amazing, um, yeah. because you, you um, sent me a picture of one of the Hollywood stars um, uh, dedicated to Robin Williams.
0: I did, yes, yes. I did not send you the Bill Cosby one, which t- still exists. Um, hmm. but, um, but yeah, so that's my first story. Um, I will, uh, the other piece that I know you wanted me to tell you about um, was a, a little purchase that I'm making. And Just a little.
1: This is a small little purchase, like the biggest purchase of your life.
0: Yes. Um, And that is, uh, I put in an offer on a house uh, on Friday uh, and it was accepted Saturday.
1: That was amazing. It goes so fast, right?
0: I mean, I mean, yeah. Like 24 hours. You know, and uh, they liked my offer. I think they liked that I was a single dad. Uh, I also, wrote a letter for my realtor to give to the owner. Um, and so she gave it to the, uh, the owner's realtor. And I, I don't know, a couple hours later, um, I got a call from my, my realtor.
1: And um, here, I thought you were gonna tell me they were big fans of the show. They recognized you right away.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah
1: I know. Yes, it's
0: because they're a big fan of, uh, of concert pipeline. So. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and, uh, so, and just, so go ahead. I was just going to say I just got a call and text from my realtor right now uh at this moment the moment we we're taping. Uh and uh we do still use tape, right? Uh and I was just uh, going to say
1: you just you just sounded like me. Just got to right? forward wind it. Yes, I know. <laughs> got to forward wind it. Got to <laughs> rewind it, but definitely not fast forward. You got to forward wind it.
0: Um yeah, exactly. Um and uh yeah so she, the owner apparent of the house just tested positive for covid and but uh, so we we're going to do the inspection tomorrow but we apparently have to reschedule so um oh my god fumigate the um, whole place and like i don't understand why that would prevent us from looking at the house per se like if the owner's not there i mean there's
1: what's a like, the big deal if the owner's not there then
0: it's you can't get it from looking at a you know looking at a house right so right um interesting
1: yeah, so, okay
0: so anyway yes house in vacaville uh california um i mm-hmm. which I loosely translated means cow town so um yes so that's a, <laughs> exciting uh i'm going from the napa valley
1: to cow town and uh there, there you go. You're going park. from you're going for the beautiful from the beautiful uh, vineyards where you live right now, right in the middle of the beautiful vineyards. And you're going into, you know, next door you've got a dairy farm and uh, you get to milk cows.
0: Yes, yes. So uh, it's it's a big step though. It is my first home, and so I'm going through all the process, and it's pretty stressful because there's a lot of it I don't understand, and I'm trying to figure out, and I'm trying not Nobody to get does. screwed over on interest rates yeah. and. And all of that, right. and and it's, yeah. it's a pain in the ass. And so I'm just ready for it to be done. And and even when it's done, I'm not. I'm going to be do a slow move in probably, and keep this place for a little bit since mm-hmm. the kids are finishing up school. Um, mm-hmm. It just make makes sense on a lot of levels to still be here for a bit longer and not rush yeah. it. So.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, why why rush it? Take a nice, easy transition. Um, make sure to get the furniture that you need. Uh, I don't have to buy everything at once. know they 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 often say um and this is what i did too uh when i moved into this house it just kind of you got to get to know what the house is like you've got to get to know the house so you have a general idea what the house is like but you you know after you live there for six months or a year you'll have a totally different you know impression of you know how the house works like you'll know where the warm rooms are the cold rooms are the little quirks the you know stuff you might need to you know buy stuff for that you didn't, didn't really originally think about so
0: yeah exactly so i'm I'm excited about it i mean it, it, the house checks a lot of boxes for what i'm looking for uh it and it just really lined up um good area mm. good you know most of the schools are good um minimal amount of sex offenders nearby uh mm. so, oh that's good yeah <laughs> Was that on the <laughs> report
1: or something like that? No, no you got to look that up on your
0: own. So my dad's like there's ten with it, you know, uh within so and so distance. The nearest one is like a quarter mile away
1: or something. So uh <laughs> <laughs> like Did, the dad, were there I... any disclosures about the house? Like sometimes they have to report things legally, like if somebody had been murdered there or you know, somebody passed away <laughs> in the house. Or, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. If it used to be a
0: lab. <laughs> Right, I think they do have to disclose some of that stuff and I don't think it's existent. So, I think we're good. So. Yeah. All yeah. Right. That's my story ends. I think we should uh yeah. bring John Smith in, huh?
1: Let's bring John in. Thanks for the update, man. Of course. Come on in, John.
0: John, how you doing?
1: Hey. How are
0: you, man? I am good. I'm good. Uh thanks Ooh. for ta- thanks for taking the time. Thanks for the flexibility also uh, and, uh just run back from dropping my daughter off at school. So <laughs> I'm just juggling the times, but uh, I appreciate your flexibility.
2: No worries. My wife, my wife is doing the school run right now. I, I, um, I'm going to get out of this one in
0: favor of, uh, talking to you. Hey, you know, it works, works out. I'm glad I could be here to, <laughs> to lighten the load there. So where, where are you based? I am in Napa, California myself. So oh, Napa, lovely. Napa Valley. Yes. Uh, um, Beautiful. I'll, I'll be in California in a couple of weeks. Yes, yes. You're gonna be playing uh San Francisco. I know you're doing LA. Um, yeah. you know, the the West Coast run because you already did the East Coast, um, right? So <laughs> um it uh, so you did the East Coast, took taking a little break back in back home and then and then coming back to the States, huh?
2: That's it. Yeah. The way it worked out, I had a it was all very COVID. I had a, a few more things in the book for February including the Folk Alliance conference, and then that was postponed. And then I had these dates, you know, that I had um, kind of tried to pin on to Folk Alliance. And I just thought, if I postpone these dates, it's just going to drive me crazy. I've postponed things so many times in the last two years. So I just thought, even though this will pro- this will probably end up costing me money rather than <laughs> touring making money, but... I just thought man sod it I I really want to go and play these shows you know this is the second half of my first US headline tour and I can't postpone it again I just I've got too much invested emotionally you know and and musically it feels like I, I just have to go and play these shows so maybe it's a bad idea and maybe no one will come but at least I get to go to California and Oregon and arizona and you know all my favorite places (laughs) yeah yeah i love i love touring the u.s and it was so nice to go up to the northeast and see it in january i've never been upstate new york in january it's it's uh that's some serious cold up there
0: you had some snow run-ins i saw like it was uh yeah yeah, pretty chilly huh
2: (laughs) very chilly so in california i'll just be wearing a shirt i guess Probably yeah, short,
0: short shorts, you know, comparative, <laughs> comparative for sure. It's, I mean, we have like one season here, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it do- doesn't often involve rain or snow or anything along those lines. Uh, no actual weather. Yeah, you'll you'll, you'll be good. Uh, yeah. So let uh, this kind of let's. Uh, do you want to start with the song and then we uh, do another one later? What uh, What are you thinking? Whatever you want, man all right Let's, why don't we start with a song um uh, which, and one, which one did you want so axe mountain was really interesting to me and i listened to that a couple of times and i know you brought that into you know a, a more recent album but i listened to it first on your uh on your um first first album that's um it w- second, well, album. second album i was gonna say i was, I was yeah. correct correcting myself i'm like no it wasn't actually the first but um but that's where i heard it first and and I'm like, man, there's so much power to this song. I'm like, it'd be awesome if uh, if John would play it. So, okay. Hmm. Well,
2: yeah, thank you. Yeah, I re-recorded that song for Hummingbird, as it felt like I don't know. I just felt like I wanted I wanted it to be brought back to people's attention somehow. You know
0: yeah what did you change when you re-recorded it like
2: I, well i recorded it in a in a studio instead of in the middle of a forest yeah <laughs> you know I, I record the first time i recorded it i was down in the in the forest of um mississippi in, in the bamboo in the bamboo forests there and um and the sound was just bonkers you know there, there was a lot of uh there was gunshot
0: in the distance um trains i heard trains on that album a little bit right like it was a it was a
2: you know it was a fun experiment but it wasn't the most um the most hi-fi record that i've made (laughs) but yeah i mean you
0: made the whole whole album like in the south right like
2: yeah, yeah 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 pretty much um driving around texas louisiana mississippi and then we finished the album did some overdubs in liverpool but yeah the bulk of it um Bulk of it was made in the, in the south yeah driving around in a rental car yeah. nice. it was fun <laughs> but um i felt like this song deserved another crack of the whip maybe record it you know in a recording studio
0: sure it's a it's a good one i look forward to it
2: all right man let me see
3: sit down here beside me and i'll tell you sad old tale. Of lonely old axe mountain town and lester joseph came. long hours did the women work and hide the in the rain till the day of harvest came and we were missing jane another season's toil broke another one more lily jane and dozens still were buried on the moor what did their husband say they're all cowards they were weak and frail none had dared to speak Joseph Care okay. Axe mounted, you yeah, let those women die on a knife. The lover that I know for sure, I love her all my life. He came out of the darkness with a rucksack made of skin. As soon as he was seen, he was gone again. Heard he been a murderer for 15 years and more Whole villages are gone all over the mall I heard he had a family once, a child and a wife But now nobody here is safe from Lester Joseph Kale's knife Stand up, be strong, I'll take him, that's the bravest of the men Dead and Betty's found that night in peace is all in sin They shall be bled as written in red on the bedroom wall and then she saw this and she fled across the all I smiled. Let them people die at a night. I love it, and I know I loved her. Into the town below, tore off her clothes and waited for Lester Joseph to show, and he did, and he laughed. Little girl, what's the plan? You're alone. It's you and me. I butchered your old man. She said, No, don't speak his name, no mention my man. She struck him in the face, cut off both his hands. Once, twice, three, four. She could cut no more. Fed the meat bones to wild dogs. <coughs> Upon the mountain Let them people die At a knife I love it and I know Till she died. The men went off in search of better jobs, in search of pride. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so, well, when there was mine, I loved her more than life. But so scared was I. So scared I've lost it, Joseph Kill oh, was I, so scared was I. X Mountain, I would you let those people die at a blade? A lover that I know for sure and regret it every day. X Mountain, let them people die at a knife. A lover that I know I loved her. I miss her all. Oh.
2: yes love it (laughs) hey cheers
0: yeah sorry about the coughing
2: that's oh it takes a toll on you it's time i've sang today i've been i've been sitting i've been a desk monkey today doing spreadsheets and you know all the boring side of the job i've been doing so that's the first time i've picked up my guitar
0: (laughs) you're good you're good yeah you're crafting ready for a song later in the later in the program right so yeah 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 uh, so so let's start kind of at the beginning work our way wherever you know from there but um I know you started yeah. you started with the piano as many kids do but you kind of pushed back on it a little bit it wasn't the, the instrument for you right no
2: I <clears throat> I played I played a I played piano when I was maybe I think I started when I was five and then I I remember kind of stopping when I was maybe eleven. I just, I never had a, a, an inspiring piano teacher. I really loved the, and still love the instrument, and I got through my grades and you know I I won some competitions. Like went and played against other eight-year-olds, you know, playing chopsticks or whatever it was. I can't remember some very basic pieces, and it was all fine. And but I never it it, it was never passionate. And then. When I was eleven and I started getting into proper grown up music, I wanted to play the drums and uh, I played the drums for like six months, but then i it still wasn't the one and then the guitar happened and i when I was eleven, I picked up my dad's guitar and I learned c f and g and and that was it that was me then I was in my bedroom every day. Every spare minute I could find, for the next seven years through school, just playing, 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 and that's all I wanted to do.
0: And and your dad wasn't—he wasn't a musician, but he just liked to play. Because I know he was in the ind- industry, but he, he didn't have a yeah. band or anything. No, no. He, my
2: dad was a classical records man. He uh he was involved in sure. distribution. He, he his was a bit of a sad story. He got screwed over by his business partner. Um, a a this this guy they, they bought Naxos Records into the UK uh, which is which is the biggest classical label in the world um, and my dad was responsible for that and then the guy that he was working with um, whose name I won't mention here but he he did my he screwed my dad over and, and my dad went bankrupt overnight so I would I grew up with a you know a dad who loved music but the music industry had really torn him apart you know and we grew up with with having gone from being a pretty well you know a well-to-do family we were then uh, within a year on the bread line and so my dad had to just go and get whatever job he could he ended up working as a taxi driver and then working his way up taking over the taxi company and you know and running a, a few taxi firms he, he's always been someone who goes in at the bottom works his way up and takes over and you know people kind of look up to him and, you know, fantastic man. But he had a rough ride in the in the music business. So for me, I just wanted to, for me, music, I suppose I saw firsthand how vicious the music industry can be. And for me, it was all about the love of guitar. So until I started taking it seriously and, and until I went professional, you know, when I was 24, music for me was just escapism. It was like just doing it for the joy of doing it. And my dad really encouraged that. He, he made sure that there was always good music on in the house he'd always play me the right music at the right time you know i i, I remember the first times i heard led zeppelin neil young bert yanch you know i got a i got a really strong grounding in um in in folk and blues and roots music from the
0: off really yeah um i'm actually interviewing uh, john bonham's sister tomorrow by the way um oh, wow cool yeah um so just a little cool tie-in there (laughs) but um but yeah so when you when you hit 24 like yeah and you said you went professional like what you know what was that transition like for you where you went all in you're like okay this is it it's all or nothing like what did that look like for you
2: i was i was studying music and uh I, i guess i finished and i had a year or two of playing in restaurants and pubs bars clubs just scraping together whatever money I could, but I was also working like five part-time jobs. Um, Just trying to survive, you know. I got one gig that paid properly, like my first proper paying show, paid as much as I would earn in all my part-time jobs in a week. So I quit all my jobs and went professional. And then I was flat broke for like three years. (laughs) Yeah, uh, but yeah that that was the that was the moment that I decided actually music might pay my bills and you know my bills such as they were I was living I was a young man living alone it's lot you know I didn't need a lot of money but it was when I got offered the opening
1: for John, John Martin, Martin. Yeah,
2: yeah that's that's what gave me a career I was already doing my own accounts but then I got offered this opportunity to start a career. And then you know, John took me on the year on the road for two years, and um, and that was it really. I got offered loads of work off the back of that because opening for John was a big deal. And I would write to festivals and say, "Look, I don't have an agent, but I'm, I'm opening for John Martin. Any chance I can come and play?" And they'd say, "Sure, yeah, here's you know, we'll give you three hundred quid come and play our festival." And I would go, "Okay, that's great. That's you know, that's me for two weeks in July, paid for. Great, I'll go and play this gig, sell some CDs." And suddenly it was all very grassroots, but it was viable, you know, and and that's how I built it. Just taking names everywhere I went, building a mailing list um, and generating a a proper grassroots cottage industry around my music.
0: Yeah. What did you learn from John Martin through that two years that you you toured with him? (laughs) Not to mess with him.
2: (laughs) That's a big one, huh? He was a tough man yeah he um but he was beautiful as well he just he sort of he gave me a lot of confidence you know he he would give very honest feedback and uh and he instilled a lot of confidence in me to do what i was doing and and to do it in front of a lot of people um i learned a bit about drinking too you know we
0: what were your drinks of, drink- of choice
2: man he he would drink double brandy and port wow you know rocket fuel and i was just I, I just drank beer back then i'll
0: have a beer yeah yeah exactly.
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll just have a beer but there was one night where he we were in a we were in a pub over the road from the gig in liverpool in a famous pub called the liverpool philharmonic um it's the philharmonic pub which is opposite the philharmonic hall it's a it's a old institution in liverpool and we're sat in a private room in there and john just pulls out this roll of 50 pound notes there must have been a couple of thousand quid and he and he just went here you go son double brandy and pork keep the change and i got his drink and i got me a beer and then i had to just wait for the right moment to sneak the money back into his pocket you know because i didn't yeah he'd wake up and, and wouldn't have remembered that but yeah i there was just there was an element of chaos around him but He'd get on stage and open his mouth, and total serenity. You know, everyone everyone would just whoa. Everyone would take a breath and a big sigh because John Martin was singing. um Yeah, he was a, a quite a unique character, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and so when you started, I didn't understand you you were recording on eight track, and then kind of uh moving from eight track to to CDs, right? Yeah. What was it like recording on 8-Track? Oh, like
2: an 8-Track tape machine.
0: Isn't that what you used, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very early on, yeah. That's how I did all my demos. It was, yeah, it was fun. It was just all I had access to. I, you know, we now, you know, people start making music on a laptop. I, I didn't, I couldn't afford a laptop until I was, I think I was 27 when I could buy a laptop you know, now it's kind of taken for granted that everyone's got a MacBook Pro and can get hold of Logic and make music. For me, that was like a new world. I was just guitar and vocal, so I had, I borrowed a Friends 8-track, and then I, I think I got, I think I took the fee from my first show opening for John, which, and then, and sold a load of the CDs that I'd made on my friend's computer. And I sold a load at the gig, and then I had a few hundred pounds from all of that I gathered it up and I paid for the session to make my first record which cost me something like 300 pounds you know nothing yeah and then I got them printed and then when I went back I was invited back on the road with John I took boxes of CDs and I sold I was selling 100 CDs a night so that was you know then it the then the money started coming in I started thinking about the next record how to do it properly and you know But now when I go into a studio, it's like I I know my way around a recording studio. I know how things work. But back then it was just making up as I
0: went along. Yeah. Uh, And you said so uh, 2013, you put out Great Lakes and you said that that album changed your life. Tell me about that.
2: Well, that was the first time that I got on the radio in the UK. Um, There's a bit of background noise here. Is that interfering?
0: No, I don't even hear it. really.
2: yeah, I was I was on the radio in the UK, on BBC Radio, and so suddenly I would play shows, I would announce gigs and they would sell out and that had never happened to me before. You know, I sold out the Union Chapel in London in October twenty thirteen, which was beyond my what I thought was possible with what I do and you know, so I've got fifteen hundred people coming to listen to me play. It's um it was a hell of a thing and that and that it, it really emboldened me and, and filled me with confidence it also changed my financial situation. I I started earning, you know, an actual salary then because I was selling enough tickets to make the whole thing viable long-term. So yeah, Great Lakes really changed my life.
0: Yeah. Um, You've met a couple of pretty, um, you know, incredible people, you know, and I want to hear about those experiences Paul McCartney you've met three times. Uh, And so what, like, tell me about that experience uh, with, with Paul McCartney and um, and how that came about.
2: Well, I, I went to this music college in Liverpool, of, of which Paul McCartney is a patron. Um, and so the first time I met him was in the bar at that college. And he was in there with his then wife, Heather. Um, and he was just at the bar. He'd just, he'd obviously been in for some meetings and things. And he was just there. And I just walked over and said, hello, is, is it, do you mind if I talk to you for a minute? And he was like, oh, hello, lad you know just a lovely old scouser lovely bloke and i i just chatted to him a bit and you know asked what i'd do and the next time i met him was he was doing a songwriting masterclass in liverpool that i managed to get into and i played him a song i played him winter that song of mine and um and he really dug it i think he'd played glastonbury a few days before um and he was he seemed kind of tired and spaced out so I, he was just very mellow very gentle the next time i saw him he was handing out graduation certificates and i was i was up there to get my certificate from this music college and before he'd looked at my certificate he just looked he looked at me and went oh hello john and i thought well, he's actually
0: remembered my name you like you have Which a place one of- in one of the Beatles' range you know kind of <laughs> <laughs> i
2: just i think that's testament to him he, like what a gentleman to he yeah. to meet so many people but he obviously remembers a face and it it was lovely so I, you know Shook his hand. You're right, mate. Hello, lad. You know, he's a lovely, just a lovely fella. So yeah, that was. To me, McCartney is like he's the voice of God. You know, he's it's McCartney, Beethoven and Bach. You know. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. They're communicating with the heavens. Um, I just I can't think of a greater honour than to have, than to have met him. I'm I'm so glad I did.
0: Yeah. And and you had the chance to meet Eric Clapton too, and talk to him about like as you were like learning the guitar, you were learning his songs, right?
2: Yeah, well, I met him. I met Clapton a couple of years ago at the Transatlantic Sessions because he's a friend of Jerry Douglas. And um, yeah, when I was it was when I was playing that gig, I was on that tour with Jerry and Rodney Crowell and them. And Clapton shows up backstage, and I was he was like, "Hello, mate. All right." I said, "Yeah, you know, I I learned I learned Unplugged back to back." you know when i was learning guitar he said oh i can't remember half of that album <laughs> he said you'll have to lend me the tablature book because i can't remember it,
0: <laughs> uh, it yeah yeah that's pretty cool too um <laughs> yeah so um so you just turned 40 like uh what is it that, is that like a milestone for you does that does it feel any different as you kind of embark on your 40s what are, do you set have any goals set <laughs> for this decade, not really. No, I, I, I had a load of
2: goals and markers I wanted to hit, but then COVID happened and, and set me back five years. So now I'm just I've learned a lot about that, and I've, I'm not taking anything for granted. I think I'm moving into this decade just feeling a sense of appreciation for what I have. You know,
0: yeah.
2: I'll never take I'll never take anything for granted again in this game. The fact that I can go out now and play shows is um is wonderful <laughs> you know it just feels it feels like it could have all gone even more sideways than it did so I'm 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 grateful for what I've got but yeah you know I'm I'm a little a little older and a little, you know a little slower like that's I'm a different different physically a different person to who I was in my early 20s um but I've got so much I've learned so much and I've got so much you know I've got a lovely family and, uh, and I get to play music for people and COVID notwithstanding still somehow managed to make a living from it. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. all right with 40. It feels okay.
0: Yeah. And, and you were in Australia when COVID hit, right? Like you're playing shows over there.
2: Yeah. I was, I woke up in a hotel room in Sydney and got the text message saying that I was going to drive up to the blue mountains that day. Got a message saying the festival has been canceled. Um, stand by you know my agent and, and I, ph- I phoned and said what's what's the crack and, th- and they said well this you know quote unquote coronavirus seems to be in the town and and they're taking it pretty seriously and i phoned home and my wife said look you know you might want to come home love and she's and sh- my wife is she's like the perfect touring wife she she's just she never calls me to give me a hard time when i'm on the road and she's this time she said i think you, you you probably better come home it's getting a bit serious here Like all the supermarkets are sold out of food. Um, They're saying they're going to, there's going to be a lockdown. And so I got on the next plane. I could, I went home and that was it. I've got two weeks of unfinished business in Australia.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, not really a safer place you could be than Australia from what I understand. Right. But, uh, but on the other (laughs) hand, you'd be stuck away from your family for months uh, on end that you're where you can't even play shows or anything. Right. So. If it wasn't a family man, I probably would have stayed out there. My mate Jimmy
2: said to me, come and live with me on Bondi Beach. You know, stay as long as you want. And I thought, oh, if I didn't have a wife and a daughter, <laughs> that sounds pretty yeah. good.
0: Yeah. Australia seems yeah. pretty amazing. It's one of those places I'd love to go to. And it just seems incredible. Right. Like
2: Great. Yeah. It's lovely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and so. So at the, around that same time that COVID hit, um, I mean, so you had some other blows in your life that led to this new, this new album, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so tell me kind of the process for you working through some of those, you know, some of those really difficult life moments amidst, you know, COVID hitting and where everybody's in a state of, you know, uncertainty, I guess you could say, right? Like what what was that like for you as you're processing and writing those songs?
2: Well, it was the songs seem the songs kind of came directly as a result of um of how of how sorry I've got itchy back. Yeah, <laughs> that thing where you're right in the middle of your shoulder blades and you can't reach it. Oh yeah, yeah. Got it. You're oh. good, good. Sorry. <laughs> so, you're good, you're good. Yeah, the songs came directly as a result of trying to process some of that grief. We we lost we lost a, a, a few pregnancies and the, and the third one was it almost killed my wife. Um, around that time, my, you know, she spent a week in hospital. I couldn't go and visit her. So that was at the start of lockdown. I was home with my three-year-old, um, then three-year-old. You know, with my wife in hospital on death's door. My mum phoned to say she had breast cancer, and uh, and I was stuck. I couldn't go and help anyone. So, I, I she, my mum lived in Spain. You see. I've repatriated her since she lives she lives five minutes up the road from me now i'm looking after okay. her good good but um the the process of uh of of being <clears throat> completely powerless to look after the people in my life was really was really challenging so i just I just picked up the pen you know it was either write songs or or go mad, you know what I mean
0: yeah. <laughs> So did that, you? Yeah,
2: that, that helped me to make sense of it all.
0: Yeah, and so I mean, with with all of that going on, did you find yourself kind of going like in, to darker places at all, or did I mean, in terms of how you t- had written previously?
2: No, I found with I found with um, Headlong that that was the album after Great Lakes. I found that really talking about myself and trying to make it relatable worked you know um so darker places I think yeah so I I learned from headlong that actually singing about things that are relatable really works I got some streaming success with some of those songs on headlong yeah and I thought okay this is telling me something (laughs) like maybe maybe nine verse murder ballads aren't the way to go and I should be singing about how I feel about things. People seem to relate to it. So I applied that really to the songs on the fray. I just wanted to talk about, you know, what has happened? How does it make me feel? How am I dealing with it? And yeah, it, it just, as soon as I started to do that and, and, and I found myself putting myself out of the way of the process, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Just Just allowing myself to get stuck in and really... And really sort of tell the story of of what was happening. I found then that it felt completely natural, so yeah, I thought sort of, though some of the writing is a little dark, it's also very honest, I'm just talking about talking about grief and and optimism and hope and moving forward.
0: yeah, yeah for sure and and you were able to record it in a week? is that about how long your albums typically take you to, when you get in there and 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 do it or?
2: six days that was the The first two days I recorded the bones of everything guitar and vocal and I sent all the parts out to all the all the basic desk mixes I sent to like Sarah Gerose in Nashville Bill Frizzell up in I think he was in Seattle at the time um or maybe he was in Brooklyn anyway you know Dropbox just
1: yeah.
2: shared files sent a link the next the next day I would open the Dropbox and they would have recorded their parts and put it in there so we were able to fold their contribution into the mix and feed off it. And the whole thing felt quite spontaneous on those terms, which was amazing. You know, Bill Frizzell sending me seven different interpretations of my song. And then I had to choose, like, which version of Bill Frizzell is the best. How do you choose, right? <laughs> well, I phoned it. I said, can I have three more? Can you, can you just That's do it not the- enough. I, thought, I thought, I may as well be cheeky here. No, I said, can you do one more? A bit slower, and then he sent me three more that were all completely different to what he'd sent before. So we used a bit of one, a bit of another, and then a chunk of another as an intro, and then my bass player and I improvised along to it. So it was like Bill was in the room, you know, contributing, and then when Bill Frizzell plays something, everyone goes, Oh my god, we have to try harder. And then, you know, you you get on best behavior. So that's kind of what happened. We just went, right, let's put an intro on this. And you know, i had my musicians my british musicians come in and in a day or two we recorded the drums the horns the bass and then jess from the staves came in and put down some vocals and she's a proper singer you know she she starts singing and the whole thing elevates and then we did a remote session with lisa hannigan in dublin so yeah six six and a half days the whole thing was done yeah but we we Uh, were working that was long days that we were you know i was getting maybe four hours sleep a night <laughs> that was that
0: was long you, you crunched um yeah. eye to eye also i wanted to say is a, a really good song i liked uh the video that you did of sarah giros uh, also and oh. yeah i mean it just it it felt of the moment a little bit with i mean i i like it like her doing her part you on yours and then the coming back together at the split screen it's like you know <laughs> it's kind of where we were at at that point right yeah 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 Yeah. it it felt like
2: it It was it was sort of um symptomatic of the of the time wasn't it
3: yeah
2: (laughs) can't be in the same place but we're kind of making the same noise i think when i started making the record i no one had really done the distance collaboration thing but i didn't want it to feel like it was a covid record so i didn't make too much noise about it and then so many records came out afterwards where people had done that and i thought oh man i should have said i should have made more of a big deal of it but i was i was concerned that people would think oh this is the covid record you know right because it's not the record isn't really it was it came out of those times but it's actually just about it's about grief and moving forward you know being a man a husband and losing a and losing a baby is a very particular kind of pain and i i thought well how do i how do i express this this is this has got nothing to do with covid i'm just going to pick up a pen and write some songs and then that's and that's what that is what came out it just it just so happened that i couldn't get on a plane and record in nashville which is what i wanted to do yeah yeah it was against the law so you know what are you going to do
0: for, for sure and so do you let an album sit for a little bit or are you already thinking ahead to to the next you know the next album the next songs the phrase been out almost a year now
2: um I'm working on the next thing. I'm working on the next two things. I've got something coming soon and I've got and I've got another thing that I'm working on. Yeah.
0: Top secrets, top to secret stuff, right? So <laughs> when
2: <laughs> when when's this going out?
0: Uh next week. So Okay. So
2: Yeah, well to, you know, if if your listeners want to keep an ear out, I'm I'm announcing something. I'll be announcing something at the end of next week about what i'm doing next so keep keep an ear out i'll get in trouble <laughs> with i'll get in trouble with my record label partners if i if i uh if i, if I do a tom
0: holland on spider-man <laughs> I'll get told there's off. a specific method to how it needs to be announced and it's not on concert pipeline i got it you know <laughs> but no.
2: dr strange dies okay
0: so oh spoiler spoiler no <laughs> in the next dr strange movie you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah well cool so um i know you're gonna play one more song for us i think uh, to kind of wind us out here um it could be something from the new album um i'd thrown out friends but whatever you're feeling is good friends yeah i can play friends for sure
2: my friend
3: i won't ever say goodbye we'll find one another down the line we will change move on to a different place my friend always recognize your face baby things went bad it was time to move on find yourself a home. Stop.
0: Awesome, Thanks. see got worked up uh earlier you know got the king salad good you know so <laughs> very cool well john i, I want to thank you for for taking the time today and uh and i know you're coming out here wet, uh, to the west coast next week i'm gonna i'm gonna try and make the the show in san francisco um yeah, cool. yeah trying to talk my daughter into going with me actually so <laughs> I, I, yeah i love it you know 11 year old girl you know it's a different taste in music right now but you know trying to picture it around a daddy daughter day to you know do other stuff in the city and that sort of thing so we'll see still working on that one but. i'm sure it'll be mostly empty but it'd be great to have you there hey you know it's it's about you know getting out being on stage playing live music to whoever can make it and i'll tell you even my, myself like you know like yeah I, I used to go to a con- like a concert a week right <laughs> do the do the interviews at shows and everything and uh and then COVID hit. And then it was that year without a concert uh, like any concerts at all. And then even like last year I went to maybe three concerts or something something. So it's there they exist, but there it it requires a different level of intentionality to it at this point, it feels like now, right? Like um I miss it so much. But, <laughs> but this this is a great way to live vicariously through it still, you know. Um well i'm I'm
2: glad i'm glad that people are coming out you know and 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 committing and you know i completely understand why some people aren't going out and and being extra cautious that makes sense to me but i also really appreciate those who are who are coming out so anyone showing up to my gigs at the minute is it feels like a a win you know i'm I'm very i'm very grateful for it
0: Yeah. yeah yeah Well, I wish you a lot of luck with the tour, John, and uh, and hopefully I see you out here when you're in San Francisco on the 20th. I hope so, Steve. Thanks for your time, man. That was the interview with John Smith here on Concert Pipeline. And Jens, that takes us to the final segment on the program. What is it?
1: Well, Steve, it is time to talk about some music news. Now, uh, this is a segment where we discuss uh, just the. Just a diddly about what's going on in the music world.
0: Diddly it indeed. Is, is that I a asked, thing? Did I use that word correctly? I don't know. I don't know. You, you probably didn't, let's be honest. But, uh, but we'll go ahead and do a diddly anyway. Uh, let's do a diddly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we'll do that. Uh, 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 so okay, uh, yes, I have a I have a story for you here, okay? And um uh, and we talked about the uh the Super Bowl. Um and uh, and so there was some festival concerts. There were some there's some big concerts in LA around the Super Bowl. One night Gwen Stefani and her hubby uh fucking country country boy um the fuck is his name i don't know Dwight blake, Shel-
1: blake shelton blake shelton uh, that's what i'm gonna say yeah. i wasn't yeah. gonna say travis twit no blake uh, shelton
0: blake shelton like they did a show and then the next night the saturday that i was getting into town uh green day were playing with uh with Miley cyrus uh and so i i talked to my buddy john about i was like we should, maybe we should go see green day and he's like yeah I don't know, i'm weird about covid you know sort of thing right and uh mm-hmm. And so uh, we didn't end up, we didn't go. I would have liked to have gone. That would have been cool, but we didn't go. Uh, So let me tell you a little bit about their their set that they did, right? They played a 28-song set uh, uh, of classics and rarities, uh, including a couple of covers. Um, This is their first show in 2022, um, the Bud Light Super Bowl Music Fest. And uh, this was the third night of the um of the fest festival as i said um and they opened with american idiot uh I- i'm gonna, just going to go through some of these songs because uh because you know part of me was like eh they'll they'll play a lot of the new shit anyway and and like mm-hmm. their most recent three or four albums that sucked right uh so like don't want any of that they um they played holiday know your enemy i fought the law uh you know, by the crickets, that which is the first time that they'd covered that. You know, um, historically in the past, but this is the first time since 2010 that they played that. Um, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, Longview, Welcome to Paradise. Uh, they they did. I think we're alone now. Um, oh my God!
1: All right. There's yes. some good Covers in there.
0: Yeah, Rock and Roll All
1: Night. Uh,
0: I give my Kiss, Brain Stew, When I Come Around, 21 Guns minority oh my gosh i'm just going through this basket case she wake me up when september ends jesus of suburbia good riddance time of your life uh like you should uh, have left
1: john at home man and just gone
0: i should have gone he gave me the option to just go but i'm like dude i'm I'm here to hang with you and everything and but there was no way i could have known that they would a have a set that that wall right and, right, and right. be uh you know, uh, play uh, like all of their hits and and great covers and a, a fucking amazing set, right? Uh, all right. All right. That sounds killer. A,
1: but I'm and sending be... John
0: the set list right now. So <laughs> yeah,
1: man, rub it in, rub it in. It's like freaking you let you you missed out, man. So where did they play?
0: Uh, they played at. Uh, you have to ask the hard hard hitting questions. It was Crypto.com Arena. Because everything is
1: crypto now, right? Um, right. Whoever that is. Yeah. Um, uh, did that used to be like, um, oh, that used to be like, um, oh, that famous place. Uh, I don't remember. I, the, oh, Jesus Christ. You know, the place where everything happens in LA. Uh, uh,
0: the, 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 uh, the, S, the, yeah, yeah Staple Center.
1: Staple Center, thank you.
0: Yeah, we got there.
1: <laughs> I'm glad it didn't take us another hour. Like, yeah, that was, that was fun.
0: So anyway, <laughs> great, set, great set by Green Day that, uh, that I completely missed. Um, um, yeah, so I, I just-, <laughs> so just tell, to... tell us what else you missed. Oh no, I, well, I'll tell you what else I missed. Like one of my favorite podcasts was taping live there. Also uh, that that evening coincidentally they were playing a couple of shows around the country and happened to be playing live there. Smartless podcast with Jason Bateman, Will Arnett and Sean Hayes, great fucking podcast. They always have a mystery guest too. So I don't know who the mystery guest was. I haven't looked it up or anything, but they were doing that. Brian Cranston was also doing a he's in some play uh and he was doing some play in town uh that uh, that night as well. So those wow. are just just a couple of things that I missed by not going out uh, on Saturday night uh you're talking about Los Angeles. the actor guy yes breaking bad. you've seen breaking bad Yes, he he does plays uh he's currently in a play yeah some people don't just do movies or tv shows or anything along those lines they they act on stage and like to scratch that itch also the real actors do that and so real you don't actors, hear from them for a, for a couple of months it's because they're doing a play usually right so they're classically um, trained
1: on stage yeah. Yes. Huh. Um uh you know there are a lot of famous people that have been classically trained on stage. I think like Picard is one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, that's not his name.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah no, you know who I'm talking uh, about
1: John uh, yeah, Stuart John Luke, yeah, no. Um what? What?
0: Patrick Stewart. Yeah.
1: Yes, Patrick Stewart. Yes, him.
0: Um, uh can I talk about Kanye West now? You may. I I was hoping you would we need to start talking about Kanye Westmore. That's something we've been missing out on for a long time. Carry on.
1: I'm gonna carry on. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think, I think a, lot of, a lot of guys wonder about, you know, what, what kind of uh, flowers they should give their, you know, girlfriend or wife, um, you know, for whatever occasion it is. For Valentine's Day, um, you know, roses are a big deal, right? Yeah. So you might think, oh, I'm going to buy my girlfriend a rose, or maybe a dozen roses. And then there are people like Kanye West that decide, you know what, I'm just going to go over the top, and how about a whole freaking truckload of roses?
0: Oh, is that a truckload? A truckload.
1: Yes, Kim, because you're a truckload you of can... roses.
0: And so the, you you mentioned one thing though, and and here's the dividing line, yet You said your girlfriend or wife or whatever.
1: She is neither of those to him. To him? To him. She's neither of those? No. is she like a goddess?
0: They are not in a relationship.
1: Are they divorced? They
0: are divorced and she is uh, with another uh, celebrity
1: gentleman. Really? Okay, before you get into that, let me just uh, update you guys. so he's gone from picking fights to picking flowers. So Kanye West apparently delivered a truckload of uh, flowers to his estranged wife, Kim Kardashian, on Valentine's Day as part of an ongoing campaign to win her back. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, he says, my vision is crystal clear. Crystal with a K. Mm. Clear with a K. Yes, because it's Kim Kardashian. Right. Yes, two Ks, yes, I see. So uh so uh so on uh, Instagram, let's see. Uh, so there's a black truck with its bed spilling over with flowers. Oh my god. Okay. Um, the same words were written along the side of the truck. The spelling seemingly at a pointed hint at the flowers intended recipient. West's V Day. Gesture comes amid his breakup from Julia Fox. Who the hell is that? As well huh. as... I know, his public I, I'm fight not sure. ...to win Kardashian back, despite the KKW Beauty founder being in a relationship with Pete Davidson. Oh, that's the uh, Pete Davidson. Sorry, SNL guy. Yeah, see, there you go. You know people. I do know people. I know people because Pete davidson was dating somebody else who was crazy famous right
0: he i mean he's yes he's hit dated ariana grande and uh yes that's what i
1: was thinking Jackson. of yeah 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 wait a minute despite the kim kardashian west beauty founder being kim is dating pete
0: that's what it's uh that's what i understand and that's what the article i think says yes so all right i think you're getting a caught up on the wrong details here
1: Jens. and (laughs) i am i am okay sorry i'm totally not even um you see this is how interested in kanye i am i'm much more interested in like remembering who pete davidson is um (laughs) yes so here's a picture a nice uh glossy black truck black rims Mm
0: -hmm. no
1: color on this thing except black (laughs) and um of course, the uh the uh my God. So you know I'm a I'm a bit disappointed. So this is a you know a pickup truck. Yeah. And it's got a bunch of roses in the back bed. I'm disappointed because when I first read this uh article, it sends a truckload of roses. I'm thinking like a truck truck like a real truck like a uh-huh. dump truck
0: yeah you're, you're saying he's like he's cut, cut you know cutting corners and not doing things up to the level that kanye should be doing things so
1: the flowers that are in back of the truck you could have fit in your subaru dude
0: oh okay this is nothing this is, nothing. This, is kanye, this is no big if, deal kanye if you really wanted kim back you have to, to get a get her a dump truck okay because this isn't impressing anybody so
1: you yeah uh, he should have filled the dump truck full of flowers and just dumped his love right on her
0: you should have dumped his love on her yes we'll carry on from there so (laughs) um next
1: all all right yes carry on
0: um okay so Jens, um my next story here is about um uh, another rapper jam master j this is an old story that's that's been brought to the, the present right now. Um Jam Master Jay was murdered. Uh and that this was uh, two decades ago. But they uh, the case is set unsolved for two decades and the September date was set for the murder trial. Um so Uh, The Run-DMC, the Run-DMC rapper, real name Jason uh, Mizell, uh, was fatally shot inside his Jamaica Queens recording studio at the age of 37 in 2002. It was a cold case until 2020 when police, the FBI, and other law enforcement bodies indicted two men, Ronald Washington and Carl Jordan Jr., on charges of murder. And according to all hip-hop, jury selection for the case will start on September 22nd. Opening statements and testimony will start September 26th.
1: wow yeah that that's Uh, that was a long time ago how does stuff like that resurface
0: i don't know how you pull stuff out like i read books you know like i read michael conley you know murder books and stuff like that uh and it's like that sort of thing can happen in those sort of things but you don't actually think that those things happen in real life That 20 years later especially on a public case like that
1: that that it's actually going to move forward right right that's crazy. Yeah.
0: Um, so I guess we'll see a little bit later this year what happened in the Jim Esther uh, J Murder case.
1: Yeah, maybe there'll be, um, I mean, uh, the, the, the OJ thing, that must be a cold case, right? They still haven't found her killer. <laughs> <laughs> When's that gonna resurface? You know,
0: maybe that'll be 20 years, later, although that was 95, so. We're past
1: twenty years on that. That's crazy.
0: It's yeah, been more than twenty right. years since O.J.
1: And wasn't it the Kardashian's dad? He was the lawyer, I think, defending him. I think so. Uh, That's, I think they're the only reason they um, got popular. Uh, so, hmm. as soon as we find out who killed Kennedy, maybe we'll find out who killed O.J. <laughs> I mean, his wife. We will. <laughs> Uh, okay i'm ready for a story yeah so um so we have an aspiring aspiring rapper here who was arrested after jumping diddy's fence to play him a demo okay diddy diddy yeah i'm gonna pretend i know who diddy is so the uh the 23 year old showed up um at the hip-hop mogul's home unannounced Ooh, wow okay this is supposed to be a surprise or something
0: um (laughs) an
1: aspiring rapper named zaya smalls was reportedly arrested on saturday february 12th for trespassing on diddy's property to play him a demo tape a demo tape like the cassette tape uh, like he had a yeah, cassette yeah. tape in he, his pocket
0: he did the john cusack thing and held the boom box up and uh, <laughs> right
1: right right what was the name of that movie say anything uh, Say anything yeah yeah oh my god i can totally picture that right now okay so here he is with a boom box um <laughs> Uh, picture the say anything theme and he's got his demo tape you know um playing in it so uh, according to tmz the 23 year old showed up at diddy's real name sean combs los angeles home and began pounding on the security gate to strike up a conversation with a bad boy records founder and business mogul. Mm. after being refused entry he then successfully hopped the fence and was met by Diddy Security, who apprehended him until police arrived.
0: So he was not met by Diddy, huh?
1: He was met by representatives of Diddy.
0: <laughs> People who have met Diddy.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. And um he's you know, he met some of Diddy's property, like the fence that he jumped. And oh, good. Um, <laughs> Oh my god. So uh so there's I guess some a video clip of uh this guy who can be seen pacing in front of the security gate and yelling obscenities, getting increasingly frustrated at being unable to make contact. Diddy was not home at the time. And Smalls was arrested for trespassing but released from custody an hour later. Hmm. Okay. So people might not know this, but this is not the first time that Diddy has had to deal with intruders oh he's that
0: popular he's yeah i before. guess he's a
1: pretty popular guy yeah so um i don't know i'm just thinking that uh this guy's got some issues
0: i would say so and uh i don't think that's a way to jump start your career so
1: you know probably not uh, it's a way to jump start is, a fence offense but <laughs> it is a way to get into the news yes i guess he, he was successful in that but he's got that going for him yes
0: um speaking of getting in the news we have one more story jens and it has to do with
1: uh a legendary musician that is i have no idea who you're talking about but there's a picture i want you to see um <laughs> uh hold on here um i i uh i saw a picture of this guy you might um mm-hmm. you might know who he is uh and i thought of you so i thought i just wanted to show this to you
0: ah yes Yes, a movie coming out in two weeks um, with yeah. Mr. Dave Grohl.
1: Mr. Their, Dave uh, Grohl.
0: Horror, horror film. Um, yeah, they did their first ever VR concert over the weekend uh, on Facebook. You, if you have one of those Oculus headsets or something, you know, you could have participated in the VR thing. Otherwise, you could have streamed it. And uh, so I streamed right. part of it. And uh, Nice. How was um, it? It was a good show. Yeah, it was a good show um i didn't get the vr experience but this is not about that uh this is goes beyond the you know that because that's old news at this point now uh this is uh the the foo fighters go thrash metal on a new song called march of the insane um the track was released under the moniker dream widow from their never released self-titled album um they've uh, shared an unexpected new song uh let's see here uh the track was quietly released uh today under the alias dream widow uh and dave Grohl's growling his way through the lyrics uh uh sing in a villainous choir join in a choir of pain Grohl sings on the track rise in a ruinous army dance to the march of the insane um and uh yeah, you can you can listen to part of the you can listen to the song. It's ten days, ironically, before the release of Foo Fighters' upcoming movie, Studio Six Sixty Six, uh, and also earlier today, the band launched launched a new merch uh, line to celebrate the film. So here's a, here's a little bit of song.
1: Yep, draft metal. There you go. There we go. So I'm, I'm thinking this is a vampire film. Uh, I mean, I don't know.
0: We're gonna see it. it's a horror comedy, right? So I'm guessing that song might be in the movie or, uh, you know, on the soundtrack or something along those lines. So, uh, getting you excited for that that movie. We, yeah, you know, we're gonna go see it, right?
1: We're gonna go see it. We you are gonna it. go. We are gonna be uh opening opening night. We have, I mean, we have an obligation
0: to to see it to the audience, being as we talk about it did grow every week. So, um, yeah, and I think we you should wear back. your
1: Johnny Cash shirt to the show.
0: Is this the one I should wear to okay. show your full support?
1: <laughs> but you got to okay. wear the girl sh- the Foo Fighter shoes. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I will wear. The- I I can do that. Yes. Um, that's there a good go. call. So you got your outfit okay. figured out already. I like I like that. I mean, you figured it out for me? Yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> as it. That's it, that's our, that's our show for today, Jens. Um, let me tell you who we got next week on the show. Um, we have um, kind of music royalty in a sense. Um, so John Bonham of Led Zeppelin, um, we, we have his sister um, on the program as well as her husband. Um, they are in a, a band called Bonham Bullock. This is Deborah Bonham and, um, and, uh, and also her, her husband uh peter uh, bullock and um and again from the uk so i had a chance to interview them they were they were a freaking riot uh that's know, there's, awesome was a lot of fun so they're on next week the following week we have um kentucky kentucky headhunters uh, greg martin on the program so the train keeps rolling jens train
1: keeps rolling and in johnny cash style fashion i'll let you sing the lyrics
0: Train keeps a rolling. It's coming around the bend. We're going to wind this show out, and this is where it ends. We tune in next time a <laughs> song sounding worse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> time to go.
0: Thank you for tuning in, everybody. For all of us here at Concert Pipeline, that's Jed Schipple.:
1: That's Steve Jones.:
0: We'll catch you next time.